0: And I said, you know, what's up, man? How come you're not, you know, just we don't seem to be as tight as we once were. And he said to me, he said, you know, I've noticed when you hang around, and he called this person's name, he said, you start acting like him. And then when I hang around you and you're acting like him, then I start acting like you, which means I'm acting like him. He didn't say it in just those precise words, but that's what he meant. And again, I thought, "Well, you're just being selfish. You're jealous because I'm spending time with this guy." And you know, but as time went on, I began to realize this this young man was uh, he, he was like uh, he, he was like poison. He he he. I don't I don't know why he he couldn't get it in his heart to serve the Lord, but he he did some. He did some bad things. He did some, he did some perverted things. He did some ugly things. And finally I realized, you know what? I, I'm not helping this guy, but he's hurting me. And so we have to be careful who we associate with. I made this note about our associates. They can either raise us Or lower us. Very seldom do they leave us the way we are. And and if I have a strength, my friend can magnify that strength and minimize my weakness. Or that friend can magnify my weakness and minimize my strength. And so you have to be able to judge how is this person affecting me. And our text today said, follow righteousness, faith, charity, and peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And so it matters who we spend our time with. The founder of our country or one of the founding fathers, George Washington, said it this way. Associate yourself with men of good quality if you esteem your own reputation." It is better to be alone than in bad company. The Bible says it this way in 1 Corinthians 15 and 33. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. The Bible also says in Numbers 19 and 22. And whatsoever the unclean person touches shall be unclean. So if a person was deemed unclean in Bible days and they come by and touch this table, now this table is unclean. And then the, the verse goes on to say, And the soul that toucheth it shall be unclean. So some polluted person could have come by and touched this. Some clean person could have come by. And the moment they touch it, they become unclean. I can't adequately explain it, but there is a connection in the spirit, psychologically. There's a connection in your soul to those that you hang around with. I want to give you a couple of words here. I'm going to test your knowledge here. Uh, Let's start with this uh, suffix and see if anybody knows what that means. I've got another one for you. All right, stat. Anybody know what stat? Think static. Anybody want to take a venture at it? If I gave you the front part, you'd really know it. I'm just seeing if you're awake yet, sir. Let's just put it this way: same, unmoving. Static. A meter, think gas meter, think electric meter. What does it do? Measures. Now I want to give you a prefix over here. See if you can tell me what it means. Heat. Okay. Let's think of a couple words here. Let's look first of all at thermometer. What does a thermometer or a thermometer do? Measures heat. What does a thermostat do? It regulates heat. So here's what I want you to understand today. If I am a thermometer... I'm going to reflect whatever is around me. A thermometer just simply reflects. If I am a thermostat, some of you know where I'm headed, I'm going to what? Affect, regulate, control my environment. Now as young people, I know how it is. You, Most of the time, you're looking around to see what everybody else is doing to make sure you don't do anything to stand out. You pretty much want to dress like everybody else is dressing. I've just watched. It's just It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just human nature in the prayer room. You're praying, you're praying, you're praying. You know it's about time for service to start. You don't want to be the first one to stand up, but you don't want to be the last one to stand up. So you're watching and praying. As soon as my neighbor stands up, I'm standing up with them. And we may sit in the chair for a minute, but then when the, the crowd moves toward the exit, I've got to get up and go with them. Generally speaking, as a teenager, you want to fit in with the crowd around you. And we have to learn how to not just reflect what's going on around us. We have to learn how to affect what's going on around us. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world. But be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so, you're going to either reflect your surroundings, or you're going to affect. Now when you're at church and it's worship time, everybody's worshiping, that's what I want to be doing. But you may be in a hostile environment. You may be away at college. You may be on a job site somewhere. That's not the time to reflect what's going on around you. That's the time to affect. Praise the Lord. A thermometer. Always. You can always tell where a thermometer has been. If it's been in a freezer somewhere, the mercury's kind of low. If it's been at riot, the mercury's kind of high. You, you can always tell where some folks have been. They show up on Sunday and you look at them and you know exactly who they've been hanging around this week. But then there is that thermostat. You can always tell where who's been around a thermostat. They don't reflect, they affect. I want to be one that's, that's encouraging worship. I want to be one that's encouraging prayer. I want to affect other people with my enthusiasm for the work of God. Praise the Lord. And so, here's the thing about, about human nature. Usually, we're more easily influenced by the lower and baser elements than we are by those higher standards. Generally speaking, we gravitate to the lowest thing around us like water always seeking the lowest point the most comfortable level we have to work against our human nature to become an affecting an affecting agent praise the lord we need more young men that are not standing back waiting and saying well when so-and-so moves out in worship then i'll go When, oh, brother, whomever, uh, that's my cue. When he starts going, then I understand you don't want to be ahead of the Spirit, but you don't want to be behind it either. And, And there comes a point in your life where you just can't stay back in the shadows and wait and watch. You have to learn how to step out and move with the Spirit. Amen. And God is affecting you and talking to you this week. And moving you forward in your walk with Him. Praise the Lord. So we have to learn how how not to be influenced or affected to reflect the low base things around us. We have to learn how to become a thermostat. I want to tell you about Joseph. A young man in Potiphar's household. Now I guarantee you, every servant in that house of Joseph's age and stature had their eye on Potiphar's wife. And they knew the key to favor and the key to favoritism and the key to moving up in that strata, in that household was if you could catch the eye of Potiphar's wife. Potiphar was gone all the time. They knew if you could get in her bedroom, you had it made around there. Every young man in that household was wanting to be the one that she singled out. They were simply reflecting the immoral society that they lived in. But Joseph had a higher standard. He said, I cannot sin against my God. He did not reflect the household he was in. He affected it. He was cast down into the depths of the prison. There were men of Hopeless character. There were men who felt like their life was ruined and was over. But not Joseph. He came in with a smile every day. He was living on the sunny side of life. And when he walked in, the room picked up and the room brightened. uh, And men looked at Joseph and they began to draw hope and strength from him. He did not reflect the environment of prison, but rather he affected it. Praise the Lord. And so we have to learn to affect what we're around. I've learned this in my years of living. As we move through life, invariably we lose friends and we gain friends. Some people walk into our lives and out. And I know as a young person you don't like to think of it, but when I was your age I had some very close friends some that I thought, man, we'll go to the grave being close. And I haven't spoken to them in years, not because of we're mad at each other, not because of this or that, just life took us apart. We no longer see each other. We're not in the same circles, this and that. But here's the thing. When, when one friend walks out and another friend walks in, when you make a new friend, it reveals direction about you. Praise the Lord. When, when you establish a new acquaintance, it reveals if you're moving closer to God or farther away from God. When you make a new acquaintance, when you, when, when you begin to develop a friendship, it, it shows whether you're coming closer to the church or farther away from the church. It shows whether you're establishing the teachings of the church or you're discounting the teachings of the church. And so we have to learn that as as friends come through my life and people move through my life, I'm either going closer to God or I'm going away from God. Friends reveal direction about us. As we develop and choose friends, we have to be very careful. We have to be able to realize and understand that some people are going to pull us down. No matter how much we love them, no matter how many many interests we have in common, we just have to understand this person is affecting me in a negative way. And, And we hold on as long as we can to those people. But there may come a day when you have to say, we can walk together no longer. The Bible says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? Just recently down in South Texas, a youth group were uh, canoeing and kayaking around Lake Charles. They'd come from Texas into Louisiana. They were there in the Calcasieu River and There was a young man there, he was 21 I think, his name was Josh. Tremendous young man, he's dedicated to the Lord. He was canoeing and kayaking with these other people and the day that he left the house, his dad brought two life jackets to him and he said, Here son, make sure that you've got one of these on and whoever's in the canoe with you, make sure they have theirs on. Somewhere during the course of the day Josh took his life jacket off He couldn't swim And for some reason he got out of the boat into the water I don't know the full story But I know the basics of it And uh, some kind of current pulled him away from the shore I think a boat had passed I don't know what all happened But the next thing they knew Josh is flailing around in the water And they know he can't swim And a young man swims out to him, and, and he pulls him toward a, a bridge pylon. And the water's deep there. It's a channel where ships pass through. And they're struggling and fighting for their lives. And the young man is trying to save him. And finally he looks at Josh, and he says, Josh, I'm losing my strength. I can't save both of us. and Josh in his unselfish way pushed him off and he said save yourself and that was the last time they saw Josh alive sometimes you get into situations with other people that if you if you hold on to them they're going to not only they're going to drown they're going to pull you down too Praise the Lord. Let me preach the burden of my heart a little bit here this morning. Praise the Lord. I, I feel a burden here for this service today. I came with it on my mind to help somebody get pulled in closer to the shore. Help somebody that's drifted out a little farther than you meant to and, there's some things that are weighting you down and you've been struggling of late. I came, to, I came to extend some help to you today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I just want to tell you, sometimes, sometimes you have to let go. People have to, people have to be able to save themselves from this untoward generation. I remember growing up with a young lady. She was a couple years older than I was. We went to church together. We went to school together. I remember her singing in church. My, what an anointing upon her as she would sing. Her home life wasn't the best. She was about number four or five of eight children. Their dad had abandoned them when she was... Fairly young, when her baby brother was just an infant. Their mom had moved her and her seven siblings up to our area. They came to our church. What a precious, hardworking mother she had. Sister Floyd May worked two jobs to send her kids to the church school. She did the best she could. And this young lady, her name was Rhonda. She came to school with us. She went to church with us. I have, maybe in this Bible, I have in my possession a letter that she wrote me when she was about 17. I was about 15. And it said in that letter, Please, if you ever see me doing anything that might cause me to be lost, come tell me. If you hear anybody say anything about me, come tell me. We were... Great friends, we never were romantically interested in one another, although she was a beautiful young lady, one of the most beautiful in our church. We walked together and we prayed together. We had a we had a close youth group. We were concerned and interested in one another. I remember one day she came to school and she was talking about having a Ouija board at their house the night before. And that puzzled me why anyone would want to dabble into this witchcraft and satanic things. And she said, won't you come over? We're just having fun with it. I said, no, I don't think y'all should be doing that. You know, that doesn't sound like something we should be involved in. We we began to watch her. She drifted further and further. And we're stretching as far as we can to hold on to her. She graduated high school. She went to work. There for a while she was doing pretty good. But there came a day when she went to the pastor to have a talk with him. She said, Pastor, I want to thank you for being good to me and my family. You've, You've helped us and been a great influence for us. She said, I... I've been wondering what it would feel like to walk down the street wearing a pair of pants. I wonder what it would feel like to put makeup on my face and walk through town and see how the the boys would respond. She said, you know, I've grown up in a very sheltered environment and the, the rules of this church are pretty strict and there are just some things that I want to do. There's some places I want to go there's some things I want to try out for myself and she said to our pastor she said I've been praying about this and God and I have struck a deal she said this is what I ask God for she said I asked God to give me one year to go out into the world all I ask God to do is spare my life. And when one year is up, she said, I'm going to come back and get in church and serve the Lord the rest of my life. And we're stretching and we're trying to hold on. She's, she's going the other way. She's hanging around with the wrong people and sure enough, She went out and bought her some pants. She started visiting places that we had never been allowed to go. On the one year anniversary of her deal with God, she was back in church. The preacher that preached that night had no idea that it was the one year anniversary of her deal. The presence of the Lord was moving in a powerful way. And there she sat like a stone. She couldn't feel one thing. She walked out of our life. There are vessels of dishonor in the house of God. There are people that will influence us the wrong way. Praise the Lord. The psalmist said in 119 and 63, I am a companion of all them that fear thee, and of them that keep thy precepts. Paul said, follow righteousness with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. It makes a difference who you hang around with. It makes a difference who your friends are. And I'm asking you today, if there's a friend that's negatively influencing you, speaking against these coverings in your life, you need to pray to God, God help me. Now there's a fine line in here, and I want to talk about it for just a moment. There's a fine line between letting go of someone that's negatively influencing me and praying for that person that there's still hope for. There's such a fine line there. The apostle described it this way in the book of Galatians chapter 6. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 4 He said let every man prove his own work In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 5 He said every man shall bear his own burden And as Peter instructed us Save yourselves from this untoward generation Our first responsibility is to save ourselves But don't forget Galatians 6 and 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So on the one hand, we're told to prove our own work and bear our own burden. On the other hand, we're told to help the weak, help those that fall into failure, restore such a one, bear one another's burdens. To do this and serve God successfully, you're going to be trying to help people sometimes that don't want to be helped. You're going to be trying to pull people back in that don't want to be pulled back in. We have a God-given responsibility to them to try to reach them and try to help them and try to affect them. We have to rely on the Holy Ghost. We have to rely on the counsel of parents. We have to rely on our pastor to help us know it's time for you to pull back from that person. That person is beyond your help right now. Maybe later that when they get a little closer, but for right now, just be better if you've kind of pulled back from them. We have to rely on those who can see from a higher vantage point, who can see through the lens of wisdom and experience where this thing is taking us. I thank God for my dad that said, son, that young man's going to cause you trouble. I thank God for my friend that said, I can't hang around you if you're going to hang around him. We held on as long as we could, but there came a day, I mean, when he totally slipped the collar. He ran off with his girlfriend. Shacking up in a motel. And unfortunately, today's on marriage number two, three, or four. I'm not sure where it is. That girl that ran off with him also ran off with another guy. It's a mixed up mess, and thank God I wasn't involved in it. But here's where I want to kind of finish up today. This is what I feel in my my spirit today. We have to we have to be sensitive in the Holy Ghost. We have to help those who are kind of on the edge. Amen. Let me me illustrate this if I could. Where's Brother Randy? Come on up here, Brother Randy. Brother Josh? Are you Josh? Come on, Brother Josh. Give me these next three guys right here. Come stand over here. Just make me a good line right here. Stand side by side. Shoulder to shoulder. Y'all ever seen that? little game called Red Rover. Red Rover. Send so-and-so right over. Well, this is our Red Rover team. Now, I know you guys don't want to hold each other's hand. Hopefully not. But you're going to have to link up somehow. I want you down here on the end. I want Brother Josh down here on the end. I want these guys right here. All right, link up that way. Now you know how this little game works. We've got a team over here and we've got this stellar team down here. And they call out a challenge. Red Rover, Red Rover. Send Joseph right over. Joseph looks over the team and he sees these big tall guys down on this end and he looks on the other end and <laughs> <laughs> And so Joseph picks out Big Bruiser and he gets in his ear. He says, Don't mess with those guys on that end. Look on that other end. Those guys aren't paying attention. Now, I want to tell you something. You never have to say, Red Rover, Red Rover, send Satan right over. Satan's always studying your team. Satan's always watching the youth group. Satan's always got his eye. And Satan looks over the team and he says, My brother Blair and brother Randy, Boy, they've been worshiping. They've been in the prayer room early. They've really been latching on to the teaching of pastor. And they've been implementing it in their lives. They've been reading their Bibles. They've been and they just they got it right now but here on the other end of the spectrum we got these guys that for whatever reason they've been a little distracted at church they 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 haven't been making it to prayer time been a few days since they've been in their bibles matter of fact they've been playing with their phones a lot more than they've been reading their bibles just thought I'd slip that in. I'm telling you how your enemy works. And so he calls a little agent and he says, Hey, rebellion, come here. I want to send you over to Plaster Rock. There's, there's somebody on the edge I think we can knock off the team. And so he comes and he slips in and he begins to work. And too many times the devil has slipped in and taken one from among us. Pulled him right out of the church and we hardly knew what happened. If we're not careful, our mindset is... I've been in the prayer room more than Josh. If we're not careful, our mindset is... I'm way ahead of him in Bible reading for the year. If we're not careful, our mindset is, I'm a lot closer to pastor than they are. And so I'm just going to be buddies with you and let them do the best they can. Here's what I woke up with on my mind this morning. A better strategy would be to say to this young man, I know you're kind of weak right now. I know you've been going through something lately. And and I know your your grip may be loosening on us, but get in here and we're going to hold on to you. We're going to hold on to you until you're stronger. We're going to hold on to you until you pass this trial. We're going to hold on to you until you're beyond this weak place in your life. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Come on, let's reach out and talk to the Lord for a moment right now. Hallelujah. Just stay here, guys. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, man, I know it had not been all that easy for you lately, but I want you to know I'm here for you. I know you've been going through a hard time, but I just want you to know I'm here for you. See, not everybody has this perfect world around them. Not everybody has this complete circle around them. Not everybody lives in a two-parent home where mom and dad are both serving the Lord. Not everybody breezes through life without any major trials or difficulties. As a matter of fact, all of us at one time or another are going to be in that hard and tough place. If we're not careful, we come to church and we enjoy the good blessings of God and we get everything we need and we should. But don't forget those who are struggling. Don't forget those. Follow righteousness with them and when they're going through. I saw, I saw recently this principle illustrated so beautifully in our home church. There's a beautiful girl. She's... Sixteen now, I think. I'll just call her Beth. I don't know how or when or what happened, but she began to go through this severe depression. And it moved beyond depression to being suicidal. And her mom came and talked to my wife and me, and she brought notes that she had found that her daughter had written. Kept them in a secret chest. She said, my daughter doesn't know I have these. And we read them and we wept and cried together because the devil was so lying to this girl. She wrote things like, I know I'm not beautiful or pretty. My dad doesn't really love me. and She got a date fixed in her mind. And she began to write about, on this date, I'm going to take my life. She had a letter written to her brother. She talked to him, how sweet you've been, none of this is your fault, don't feel bad. She wrote a letter to her dad. Daddy, all I've ever wanted was for you to tell me you love me. She wrote a letter to her mom, she wrote a letter to her grandmother. We read these letters and we cried with that mother and we prayed with her. It seemed like the more we reached out to this young lady, the more she resisted and pushed back. And the date was getting nearer, and she told one of her cousins about it. Her cousins told her friends and kind of began to circulate among the youth group. And this girl would come to church and the presence of the Lord would be moving and she would sit there like a stone with no expression on her face. Sometimes I would think, well, she don't even want to be saved. We didn't know how to respond to her. And the chosen date was on a Thursday. And it was that week, and those that knew this girl felt like she was probably going to do what she said she was going to do. But early in that week, some young people got together. (laughs) And they said, Let's fast. Let's pray. And they formed a circle around this girl in the spirit. And they said, we will not let you go. We will not turn you loose. You're not pulling us to where we are, but we're going to pull you to where we are. On Thursday, on Thursday, the girl met him at the church. My wife was there with him. They began to pray. The power of God came in there, released her from the spirit of suicide. She was renewed in the Holy Ghost. morning long I've been thinking about that one that's kind of out on the edge you feel so misunderstood you came to camp and left some heavy burdens behind and the closer the end of camp comes the more you're dread going back home but I want to tell you there's some help in the house of the Lord for you today I believe there's some young people around you that are going to touch God for you today. I feel the Holy Ghost at work. Since we've been in this house today, God has been here. He was here in your prayer and you feel like the most overlooked person at camp. I want to tell you, God has His eye on you. and God has His hand on you. God wants to pull you out of that trap and snare that you're in today. I want us to stand together and lift our hands toward heaven. Begin to ask God for His help. Hallelujah. Young men, you can come down here. I'd like, instead of having some young ladies over here and some over here, I want the young men to take this half, and I want the young ladies to take that half. I want us to come into this front and begin to pray together, all young men to my right from here over Oh, young ladies to my left from here over. We need to touch God and we need to be more sensitive to the needs of our brothers here today. Look around you young men. Pray with someone near you. Don't let anybody pray by themselves here for the next little bit. Look around you young ladies. Don't let anybody pray by themselves. Reach out. Put your hand across the shoulder. Take them by the hand. Pray with them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're fixing to rearrange this thing in the spirit. Devil, you're not stealing one young person out of this youth group. Devil, you're not taking one young lady out of this youth group. Hallelujah. Come on, we're rearranging some things in the spirit right now. We're rearranging some things in the spirit right now. I'm sorry, my brother, I left you on the edge. I come to pray with you today. I come to tell you I love you. You mean something to us. We don't want to see you go. We don't want to see you leave. Hallelujah. That's it, young ladies. Pray for your friend today. I don't want to see the devil steal you away. I don't want to see you lose your joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're important, young man. You're important, young lady. You mean something to our church. Everybody has a part in this thing. Hallelujah. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost helping. Encourage one another. Strengthen one another. Minister to the needs of your brothers and your sisters today. Hallelujah. You mean something to me. We couldn't make it without you. We don't want to see you go. I'm sorry I haven't realized sooner the help you need, the trial you're in. I'm going to be a better friend to you. I'm going to be a better friend to you. I'm going to be a better prayer partner for you. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost moving and working today. Oh, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Every member's important today, everybody can supply something today. I'm sorry I took you for granted, I'm sorry I misunderstood you, I'm sorry I overlooked you, I'm sorry I forgot about you, come along with us, we don't want to leave even one behind. Hallelujah, come along with us. We don't want to leave even one behind.